<laughs> hey guys, and welcome to this special Pennsylvania edition of the Low Key Podcast. Today we talk to Little Amp's Little Amp Coffee Roasters, very own Peter Leonard. We talk to him about the story of Little Amp's, um, also how he became, how he was a barista and became an owner of the shop, and also coffee, of course. Want to give a big shout out to Susie McCones, a brother rabbit, for giving us this sweet new intro. Um, you could go check out her ep- her episode on our on the Low Key Podcast on our website, lowkeypodcast.com. Um, so get ready, get amped. It's nice, it's easy, it's low key. Hey guys, and welcome to a special Harrisburg edition of the Low Key Podcast um, in Pennsylvania. Um, hi, I'm with uh, Peter Leonard of uh, Little Ants Coffee Shop, um, Coffee Roasters Coffee Shop. Um, can you tell us a little bit like what you do and um, and and uh, what you do in Little Amps? Yeah, how's it going, y'all? Happy to be on the Low Key Podcast talking about Little Amps Coffee Roasters. Uh, so we are a coffee roaster. We're also a retail operator and a uh, wholesale whole coffee wholesaler. So I primarily focus on that end, um, providing restaurants, cafes, offices, breweries. You know, whoever needs great coffee, uh, and typically in our area, I'm uh, I'm in charge of just getting them set up and uh, yeah, just provide them with great coffee every week. How did, um, can you tell us a little bit about your start like in Little Amps and then growing into where you are now? Yeah, definitely. Uh, so five years ago, yeah, about a little more than five years ago, um, I was leaving a stage in my life where I was just doing a ton of traveling and I was like literally all over the world and sort of floating, um, ended up back in Harrisburg, it's my home, you know, visiting my folks, and my mom's just like, you know, you should really go down and like see this new coffee shop, like, I think you'd really like it. And at that point, you know, like I drank coffee, but I just would go to like wherever it was closest and just like get a black coffee, like origin didn't mean anything to me, uh, you know, roast profiles meant nothing to me, I was just like, yeah, let me just get a black coffee. Um, so came here and met Aaron and was definitely just like taken by the place I'd been living in Philadelphia where coffee hadn't really hit like about 2010, 2011, you started to see specialty coffee um, with like Ultimo and some people coming on the scene, but like it definitely wasn't the city it is now. So I really just, I didn't have any basis for coffee, but what I did know was like a cool place and I thought that this shop was really cool, especially for a city that at the time I hadn't considered to be that cool. It just like kind of gave me some hope, um, and met a lot of met a lot of really cool people here. You know, this is kind of a, this shop is a bit of an impetus for a lot of like cultural growth in the neighborhood and also in the area. Just you know, building relationships with artists and musicians, folk like that. Um, so there's that, there was like really that vibe that attracted me more than anything else. But then when Aaron's like, here, you should try this uh, 
It's like an Ethiopian coffee, right? It's like everyone, like every coffee head's like breakthrough is some kind of Ethiopia, usually like a natural process Ethiopia, some just crazy fruity thing. Um, and I was just like, whoa, like this is crazy, yeah, like I think I get it. And so I just started bugging him for a job. So I was just like, bro, let, let me work for you, let me work for you. And he's like, he's kind of like, ah, I don't know, because at the time I was in bars and restaurants. Um, and I just need to make money, which is like not what you should tell someone when you want to work for them. Don't be like, oh, I just need to make money, right? You gotta be like, no, like I love your product or whatever. And I was not, I was like, no man, I need to make some money, like give me a job. So kind of beat him down, beat him down. Finally, he started letting me pull some shifts. Uh, started getting trained in the espresso machine. And then it just all kind of took off, you know, like feeling, like growing confident in my craft, being a barista, uh, I love the service side of things. Like, I do really miss being behind the bar every day. That's honestly the best. Just, like, you know, putting down amazing drinks all day for people and getting to talk with them. Like, that is, that's the best. Like, that's, mm-hmm. I just, I think that's what attracts my people to be, to baristing. Like, they love coffee, right? They also just love the interactions with people. Um, so, yeah, that got me in. Um, and... Three years ago, we were about to open our second retail location. I sort of stepped up my responsibilities in the company. Just took a little more charge, started to help with hiring, started to help with some layout for the new shop, um, you know, menu design, just everything that you need to like open a new place. Um, so I was managing that, uh, and then just kind of continued to like grow with the company, help set up our management shop management structure, um, start to set up our wholesale program, fine tune some other things. So yeah, this year, um, we're at about a year and a half into wholesale and it's going really well. Like we have a lot of, that was hot for coffee in the mid 2000s. You had companies like Ritual starting up, Blue Bottle starting up. Um, So he actually uh, did sort of an internship with Ritual, uh, just kind of learning all the ins and outs of their operation. But Blue Bottle is what really inspired him, I think, which is funny because they're still so relevant today. Like they're just like a major player. And uh, he, they were roasting basically behind his house and selling coffee in a farmer's market. And, you know, he was kind of like me. He was like, yeah, like, I drank coffee. Like, uh, I was like a touring musician. And, you know, you drink coffee on the road, but typically you're not drinking great coffee. And there's just kind of this epiphany, like, whoa, like, this is amazing coffee. Like, I don't need to, like, touch it up with anything. I can just drink a black coffee. But it was also, I think, the epiphany of, like, and people want this, right? Like, there's people, like, lining up to buy this craft product so just taking that inspiration and really taking that vibe which I think we still sort of have like a lot of people kind of get a cat like a Bay Area vibe when they come in here especially yeah. from like, even like a contemporary Bay Area vibe where it's cleaned up a little bit more but like a little loose uh, still mm-hmm. dedicated to a good product um, I think we still carry that with us uh, so he came back to Harrisburg which is also his hometown mm-hmm. and started roasting at home like you know what everyone does and start roasting uh, bought a roaster, had it in a garage that a screen printer friend of ours has up the street, and did the farmer's market thing, did like home bike delivery, uh, and was just trying to hustle his product. Heard about a place opening where we're sitting now that they wanted to put a coffee shop. So he's like, I should pitch them to sell my coffee. And their counter pitch was, why don't you just run it? And he was like, all right. So kind of like just thrown into business ownership, you know, it was not like, his grand plan, I don't think, um, but was just given the space to do his thing and you know, express mm-hmm. his coffee. Uh, so yeah, like I came on kind of halfway into the first year of that, and that was still when Aaron was working like every day, and then roasting after work. 
uh, just like a real hustle for a couple of years. And, uh, and then, yeah, we've just kind of been building out the company since, still trying to stay dedicated to good vibes, right? It's like great coffee and good vibes is, mm-hmm. like, if we don't have either of those, we're messing up. Like, you could have great coffee in, like, a stale or, like, harsh environment, or you could also be, like, the chillest, loosest people out, but then your coffee is, like, old and your baristas don't know what they're doing, you know? It's like, so trying to like, stay on point while also, like, keeping it, keeping it pretty loose, you know? Okay. Um, can you describe a little bit, like, the building up of your relationship with Aaron and, like, how that happened? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, there's a lot of talk about music. Uh, that's still a big part of our company. I think almost everyone on staff at least plays an instrument. A bunch of us have active bands, which is really fun for the vibe. Uh, some of us play with each other in our bands, and it's, like, all kinds of music. So there's a lot of that at first, just talking about music, right? It was honestly more about, like, music and culture than it was even coffee. It was, like, yeah, I was, like, interested in his craft, but it was also, he was the person that I thought, you know, this could be a homie for me, because I had, even though this is my hometown, you know, you get out of high school, and you kind of go on your own path, and, like, it's sort of hard to come back to some of those people, right? We're just, like, I've just come on a completely different path in my life, and this was someone that, oh, cool, I can, like, relate to you right now um, and kind of start a new friendship. So, uh, so yeah, it was just, like, in here, hanging out a lot, uh, drinking beers after hours, just, mm-hmm. like, talking about music and life and surfing and uh, and just, just kind of kicking it like that. And then over time, like, learning how to, like, you know, the... Uh, the finer parts of steaming milk or like mm-hmm. how to really dial in your espresso and just like learning more about the craft side of it went along with the hangs, you know? Okay. Yeah. I like how you use hangs. Mm-hmm. I haven't heard that word in a while. Um, I was, I was curious, like how, how, um, how did the, you guys got vinyl records and stuff like that. How did like music get connected to little amps? Um, yeah. So Aaron was sort of trying he might say it a little differently, but he was really trying to, I think, make it, and these are air quotes for people listening online, but, uh, you know, as a touring musician, had some record deals, and was just kind of on that verge, like, you know, almost able to make that, that every day. Just didn't work out that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but being such a dedicated musician, like a real deep head, like you have a love for it. Like anyone who plays loves it, and people who don't play love it too. So thinking about his, because, you know, so uh, someone's space, whether it's your brew pub, whether it's a chef's restaurant, whether it's the coffee roasters retail space, or whatever, whether it's, like, your skate shop, or whatever it is, if you're, like, I think a small business owner, and you have a chance to make your space, it's an extension of you, right? So opening this, Aaron's kind of like, what do I like? Mm-hmm. And music was a huge part of it. It's like, I already have a record collection. It's like, I play vinyl at home. And so it's like, wouldn't it be dope if that was part of the shop experience? You know, if our barista's like, hey, excuse me a moment, I have to flip the record. You know, it's just like kind of interactive. Um, we think that's the best quality. Uh, and it was like right on the cusp of vinyl, like blowing up, right? Vinyl, I think, kind of hit, hit its peak again. But in 2011, when this opened, like vinyl was still kind of coming back in yeah. a way. Uh, so we just thought it'd be a kind of a differentiator. Um, and then selling the records enables us to also play them and uh, work within like the licensing rules because there's a lot of that. So for 
if everything we play is for sale, you know, then we're a record store. Like that's why we're playing it. So everything is for sale, and uh, and that's creates neat conversations with people. Like, yo, what are you listening to? And you can show them the record. Like, whoa, mm-hmm. oh, 10 bucks. Like, yeah, I'll get that or whatever it is. Um, so yeah, and then I think that's helped us attract a lot of really cool, like-minded staff because people can come in, they can bring their record collection in, you know, and like that's very appealing uh, to just play what you want all day. We don't have a pl- house playlist that you hit. It's like you could be listening to a completely, like, depending on who the barista is, like the musical vibe, it can just change drastically, right? Uh, and we think that's just kind of part of the neat experience. You know, like there's, it's within reason, uh, but, um, but yeah, it was just that intention to differentiate with the vibe, but also like, continue to have some fun on the job. I, th- I think is the, the long, the condensed long answer to why why vinyl. Yeah. Um, what uh, what made you like? Why do you love coffee? Why are you so passionate about it? So it's honestly, the, like my love has has really grown. Honestly, like, I feel like every day I'm kind of getting in to something new in a sense, or like a new a new way to have a relationship with coffee. Um, but I think I think what really started to do it for me was just the differences in coffee bridles from different origins from around the world. So if we could bring in, like I said, a natural process Ethiopian or uh, you know, like a fully washed Guatemalan coffee, it's gonna be completely different, or like where and why Kenyan coffees have the typical flavor profile that they do. Um, it was really just that sort of like whoa experience, um, and I think every day I just love the the way it brings people together, and that it's like you can come in, you can hang out for five minutes, we can pull you a shot, we can talk about it a bit, and you mm-hmm. can leave just super stoked. So there's that constant like information sharing over like a shared interest. I mean, it's like any kind of third space, but I think that's really what it is. I think the fact that coffee creates such um, community everywhere. Mm-hmm. I think that's really it. So, you know, I go and travel. I obviously go check out the coffee shops yeah. and just be able to, just be able to like, nerd out with people is really cool. Um, and just, there's always like a connection. Like I was out in San Francisco last fall and I went into Sight Glass and I'm just talking to Barista a little bit and he's like gonna pull the single origin shot for me. And he's like, yeah, so where are you from? And tell him from Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, which like, no one knows Harrisburg, man. Like, you gotta be like, oh, it's kind of near Philly. And he's like, oh, like, Little Amps? I'm like, yo, like, that's my company. Like, I'm Little Amps. And he's like, yo, oh, man, do you know so-and-so? And so, you know, like, a dude who worked for us moved out to L.A., worked with this dude, and that dude moved up to San Francisco, and sort of for Sight Glass. And just, like, the, like, the connections mm-hmm. in the industry are just so cool. So, uh, so, yeah, I think really, man, like, what did it, what did it for me initially and what still does it for me is, like, the community third space side of it. And the fact that that can be around like such a dope product, and like I, that I can help create this product that's bringing people together, like I think that's really cool. Because especially in our shops, we've seen. I mean, I met my partner and like mother of my kids here, yeah. and it's like you see relationships happen, you see business arrangements happen, you see just like all kinds of all kinds of ways that people come together, uh, and it's over our our product, which we're yeah. like super proud of. 
Why um why do you think Aaron decided to choose Harrisburg out of out of all of the locations he could have chose like he could cho- chose like Portland or, or a big city um why did he choose Harrisburg cheap rent <laughs> okay that makes sense <laughs> no but uh, but for real I think I mean it's home uh, and uh, I mean he was on the family path too it's a very easy place to raise a family um, it's very affordable to live here. Um, you're close to a ton of stuff. You know, if we wanted to go pop down to some museums in D.C. today, we can. We want to go up to New York, we can. Philly, you can just do all these day trips that are amazing. Um, you know, we have some friends here that work in New York or they work in Philly, but they live here and they just commute every couple days because it's just so, like, the cost of living is so chill and it's a beautiful city. Yeah, there's river. Um, and I think when he decided to move here, he didn't know what was going to happen in terms of, like, culture. Yeah. But now there's more breweries popping up, and there's another coffee roaster in town, and there's restaurants happening, and there's, like, boutiques popping up, and there's music venues, and there's things that are just kind of... It's the slow growth here, because we are, I don't know, for, like, C or D market or what. Like, we're not Philly or even Baltimore or even, like, Asheville, but we do have... We do have a slow-growing, like, creative culture, mm-hmm. and uh, and I th- maybe he sensed that back back then. But I think honestly, it was just like, yo, this is where I can like start my family and also maybe take some risks, right? You feel like, oh, I can try to start a business, and if it doesn't work, like, I can probably bounce back from it, right? I'm not like moving to Brooklyn or San Francisco and like killing myself yeah. and to have something not work out. You know? mm. That's cool. Um, what uh what separates Little Amps from any other coffee shop? The vibes. Yeah, definitely the vibes. Yeah, it's funny, man. It's we you know, we've had to look for our USP, you know, or like uh differentiator in this industry because there's so much good coffee and there's a lot of cool people. Um so I think just as a company, right, we're like sure, Aaron's like majority owner, but we're not really like a boss employee structure it's really it's kind of a communal thing like we like feedback um so i think there's part of that that side of our culture that in terms of a retail space and why people don't want to work for us i think that's what sets us apart is just that we're like it's really open there's a lot of communication up and down there's a lot of like we're really open to feedback it's like guys we want to try out these new baked goods this weekend like what do you think? Like, let's do a sampling. It's not just like, this is what we're doing, this is how you do it. You know, there's a lot. We want people to just feel like they can express their abilities, right? If you're a graphic designer, you can help us out with some stuff. Or if you, like, write and you want to help us, or, like, whatever your thing is, if you can do it through our company, that's great. Um, and also just to feel, like, feel ownership in your job. You know, it's not, like, I don't need to, Aaron, I don't need to come in every day and, like, check stuff, right? We want to come in and be like, yeah, like things are running smoothly because like we've enabled our staff mm-hmm. with those tools. So I think, yeah, I think just um, in terms of like a retail company, that, just that that side of the vibe and just being like cool and loose is appealing. And I think in the coffee world, um, again, it's like having a culture that we're a little rougher, right? We're not like, it's not the like white walls, super clean kind of Scandinavian stuff that's creeping in a lot of places. Um, we're a little more like down home in a sense and accessible. Um, and then I think with our coffee, we are, I think we're a little bit of a throwback in our roasting style, like just a little bit. Cause there's a lot of, people are doing everything right now, but a couple yeah. years ago there was a lot of that light 
roasted stuff happening, which we do not want to produce. Like, yeah. that can be enjoyable, but that's not what we want our coffee to be. We're not afraid to push the roast development a little bit. Um, take it just, like, a little, you know, a couple degrees higher. Like, because we really want to look, have our coffee be, uh, like, we're looking for mouthfeel, mm -hmm. right? Like, a full, juicy, smooth mouthfeel. Uh, and we like the sort of richer notes in the flavor spectrum. Like, okay. Flowers and stuff are nice, but we're more into like stone fruits and like rich berries and like mm -hmm. chocolates and caramels and like those kind of notes in the coffees that you tend to find the darker you go, right? Like we're not like at all dark roast, uh, yeah. but I think we can appeal to some of that crowd around here. Um, so that's how we're trying to just differentiate ourselves as a producer is to just you know, own our roasting style and like, mm -hmm. this is like, this is what you're getting from a Lilliam's coffee. Um, and you know, the origins obviously affects that, um, you know, what the coffee actually is, but but overall that's what that's what we like. We like, like, like that silky smooth mouth feel and just like some of those richer notes. Um, but like, again, I had a, a crazy moment a couple years ago. I was probably like a year into being a barista when I was still getting like, holy shit, like, this coffee can be that. I mean, I still feel that. Like, I still get, my mind still gets blown by coffee, but uh, someone brought uh, Kenya from Intelligentsia in, and it was, like, grapefruit juice, and I was just like, this is insane. Like, how is this even, like, a coffee in my cup? Um, so, you know, I want to try to give that experience to people, too. Um, so uh, wherever, like, they're at in coffee, if they could get that from our coffee, too, that would be amazing, and... Um, and Kenyans are prone to do that more than others. Like that's going to be an origin that if you know what you're doing with it and you got a nice coffee, then you can have that. Well, this is this like grapefruit soda vibe, which is mm. crazy. Yeah. Do you have any? Uh, is there any favored like brew methods for you to do? Yeah, man, I love espresso. That's like where it's at for me. Um, yeah, I love drinking espresso. Um, I love making espresso. Like that process is really enjoyable for me. Uh, it's a little, there's a, there can be more of a process with your dialing in, but when you're actually making espresso, it's quick. Uh, I'm an impatient person. So, <laughs> you know, to hover over my prover for four minutes is like not in my nature. Um, but, but yeah, man, I just love making espresso. I love uh, the body. I love taking any coffee and like turning it into good espresso. Like we use a blend, um, as our standby, sometimes it messes single origins, but I love that I can just pull any coffee, throw it in the hopper, and like I'll know what to do mm -hmm. to to get it get a good cup out of it. Um, but uh, but yeah, and then second is just like a filter coffee. Um, I like to get people's whatever house filter coffee is, um, especially now with people like it's back. Filter coffee is totally back, and it's amazing. And like the machines are great, and people just really know what they're doing with it. So uh, we started this company on French presses for our batch brews, okay. which uh, I think are gross. French press is like one of my least favorite brew methods, uh, and we did that for a couple years, and it was just like a mess and inconsistent and inefficient for the baristas. But like that's what people were doing in the Bay Area, like when I learned that there was that's what Ritual did, and it was just. No one does that anymore. Like, I, this can be very hard to walk into a shop and see them batch brewing mm -hmm. French press. Uh, so yeah, when we, I was pushing so hard for to go for a Fecco, and like it's great. So if I'm, I mean, if I got a roll, 
if I can sit for a cortado anywhere, like that's my that's my mo. Sit down for a little espresso milk drink. But uh, then if I got a roll or taking like a road trip, just get a filter coffee, and uh, and it's great. That's awesome. Yeah. Do you? Uh, is there any any region that you're you, that that's your favorite? Like yeah. Colombia, <laughs> which is like a cheat because it's so uh, vast and there's like so much good coffee and. Uh, and you, there's a lot going on down there. There's a lot of varietals down there. Um, but that's part of also why it's my favorite origin. Uh, like, there's always good coffee coming out of there if you can find it. And, uh, and typically, Central's and Colombian coffees are just like the flavor profile that I like. Uh, I can say this proudly to the internet, but that like, I'm not a crazy uh, acid head or like, Eastern African coffee head, like every, it's probably sacrilegious, and like everyone's like, "Yep, Ethiopia, Kenya, like that's what I love." Uh, definitely, definitely can appreciate it, and like there's beautiful coffees coming out of all those countries. But for me, man, like Colombia, some Guatemala's, like around Antigua, uh, some Costas right now are amazing. We've bought a red honey processed Costa Rica that is my favorite on our lineup right now. So. Uh, so that's just for me my, my part of the world. It's like Central America and Colombia. Cool. Outside of outside of coffee, um, what are your personal hobbies? Uh, yeah, raising my kids and uh, which is more like a, another job than a hobby. Um, playing music. Yeah, I got this band going. Um, that's really fun. Uh, I like to kind of tinker around on bikes a little bit, motorbikes. Um, I don't get to ride my motorcycle as much as I would like to, but. Uh, that's like, that's like my chill time, you know, if I get it. Um, and, uh, yeah, I've been getting really into, I shouldn't even say this now, but the past couple of years, like just exploring spirits a lot more. Um, that's the other realm of food and drink that I like a lot. Uh, so just like making cocktails at home, trying to shop for like new stuff, which is really hard in PA. Our liquor laws are just so antiquated. So you're really at the mercy of the state store. But whenever I'm down in Maryland or I got in Jersey, like I'm always hitting liquor store. I'm always looking for like foreign stuff, like a lot of the Italian Amaro, uh, Digestivo stuff. So that's like, uh, that's probably after coffee. Like if I could have it my way, we'd be open all day. And you know, middle of the day, we'd transition over, bring out the liquor, keep the coffee going all day. But like that's like if I were to do, and we talk about this all the time, it's kind of daydreaming, but if we could open another place that's what it would be. It would be like an all-day cafe. You could have the espresso program going and then transition over to drinks at night. That's really cool. That's yeah. really awesome. Yeah. Um, you Obviously, people can't see you because this is audio, uh-huh. but you have a ton of tattoos on you. Um, <laughs> one, can you tell us how many tattoos you have and then what's your favorite tattoo okay. and the meaning behind it? Okay, cool. Yeah, I can't tell you how many I have. Um, <laughs> it's, it's a lot. Uh, yeah, that was a big hobby for a while, um, up until basically like the last baby came. Uh, my little guy was almost two. Kind of slowed down the tattoo collecting. Uh, I still try to ca- catch one a year if I can, but uh, yeah, I like love everything about tattoo culture. Um, I don't love talking about it so much, but I'll do it. I'll do it for this podcast. Um, but I love like hanging out at my local shop. Um, I love the sounds getting tattooed. I love the feeling of it. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I love how they look. Um, so, I mean, for favorites, man, it's really tough. Um, but it's probably uh, this script that uh, no one can see right now, just like in the middle of my chest. 
uh, that I got when I was in Ecuador um, at like a crazy point in my life. And she says, Hola, nunca, todo o nada, si o no. And this dude that I was hanging out with down there, he was this like Amazonian tour guide. And like I did a tour with him and then ended up just kicking it with him for a week afterwards, met all his family just like in the jungle. Uh, it's an amazing experience. And when it was all said and done, like all, this is what he would say all the time. Like it was his reference for anything, like for talking to girls or for going out to eat or like doing a tour. It's just like, ahora o nunca, todo o nada, si o no. So like now or never, all or nothing, uh, yes or no. And uh, or, yeah, some mix up of that. And I was like, yo, that's dope. Like we should get that tattooed together. So we went to this shop and like he got it on his back. I got it on my chest and um, haven't seen him since. Might never see him, might never see him again. But uh, uh, Delphine, if you're out there, man, like I rep it, I rep it every day. Um, so you know, like cause some of my, some of them have more stories than others. And I think for a lot of collectors, like you hit a point where you're like, yo, like I just want to get an eagle on my arm, like I don't like. There's no deep story to this eagle. Like, yeah. like I have like a butterfly. Like whatever. You know, just stuff that you just kind of collect. Um, and there's definitely some stuff that has meanings. You know, like I have like my mom's name. I have something for like a grandma who passed away. Like. There's like there's there, there's deeper stories to something. Like I collected something in Thailand, right? Like I have like a, uh, kind of a traditional stick and poke in Thailand. So there's like some stuff like that that has a deeper story. But at the end of the day, man, it's just like a fun, fun way to waste my money and like mess up my body. <laughs> <laughs> Eventually, I'll, I'll get to that point. I don't have a tattoo yet. Um, what uh? Why should um? If anybody passing through Harrisburg, um, comes in, why should they love Harrisburg? What's your opinion? Yo, I think they, um, I think they'll be taken by the river. It's just like beautiful river that cuts right, not even through our city, but like along our city. Um, there's this beautiful Capitol building, and I, uh, there's some really amazing historic homes. So I think there's sort of a like a quaintness that people can relate to pretty immediately. Um, I think to like post up and make your life here is a little more of a challenge. Like it's really easy to have a fun weekend. You yeah. came in last night, you hit the brewery, hit a couple bars, like it's really easy to have a fun weekend. And then if you wanted to stay here, like you kind of have to carve out your niche, which a lot of us have been able to do. And if you, if you can do that, that's great. But if you need like the bigger city waves to like keep, keep flowing like you might get a little restless here yeah. uh but yeah and i think for visitors man especially it's like if you start if you start with the coffee like it's saturday morning if you come to little Ems right now i'll be like great all right you got your coffee you should go to the you should go to the market there's this amazing historic farmer's market like there's these donuts there now that are crazy shout outs to e vanilla um another harrisburg coffee roasters in there elementary uh there's just like some really dope food there's some cool like amish and mennonite stuff happening so like i say go over there all right you get some food Go to the bookstores. This amazing independent bookstore. It's actually owned by our mayor right now, uh, the Midtown Scholar. Like, go in there, browse around for a little bit, and just like kind of keep going downtown. Um, and there's just like little shops. Uh, it's gets to be about lunchtime. You know, there's plenty of places to go catch some food. So I think it's just like an easy. You could walk the whole thing too. So I think it's. I think that's what could really attract people. Anytime I bring a friend through for a night or two, they love it. They love the fact that we can just walk through a nice neighborhood. Go to a bar, go get some food. Um, you know, there's not like a ton of everything, but there is like a wine bar. There is like a cool dive with a pool table. There is a brewery. There is the like farm to table spot. There's like some ethnic places. So in terms of just like eating and drinking, it's kind of one of everything. And there's like a boutique. You know, I tell people to go down to our friends at Stash. Have this like vintage and lifestyle boutique. Uh, 
Um, you know, there is a bookstore. There's kind of like one of everything. Uh, in the nighttime, there's a couple different music venues. Yeah. So I think, yeah, just for like a couple nights, like you could have a really fun time. And then you have to decide if like you want to like get down with the small, because it's kind of a, it's like a big town and a small city. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which for me, I love it. Like I love that I know everyone around here. Um, I love that like my kids are going to know everyone around here. It's just like, so I think that kind of small accessibility is appealing. Um, how could how could people support Little Amps, or what ways can people connect with Little Amps, or in any way? Yeah, so check us out, littleampscoffee.com. Uh, we have a web store there. We do coffee subscriptions, so that's a great way. If you're not in town and you want to stay amped up, uh, we can hit you as often as you need, as much coffee as you need. Um, you know, we're pretty active on Instagram, little, at Little Amps Coffee, uh, at Twitter, at Little Amps, obviously on Facebook. Um, so yeah, check us out on there, uh, and just like come through and tell your friends, you know, if anyone ever says, yeah, I'm like going through Pennsylvania, like gotta go to Little Amps, man. Um, and you know, it's easy if you're coming from Baltimore, coming from Philly or Pittsburgh, like the highways, three major highways cut right through our city. Um, so yeah, I would just say like check us out, Google us, follow us on whatever, uh, platform you want and, uh. And yeah, tell tell your homies to come through. Well, I want to thank you for being on, and thank you for taking time out of your day, because you obviously have kids and a wife and yeah. stuff like that. Um, just taking time to be on this podcast sure. and hear, letting us hear your story. Yeah. yeah, it was my pleasure, man. Thanks, everyone, for listening to uh, Low Key. All right. Thank you, man. Cool. Have a good day. Hey, guys, and thanks for listening. Um, go support us by checking out our website um, at www.lowkeypodcast.com. Go subscribe to us on iTunes. If you want to become a patron, um, click the Patreon link on our website. Um, It just says click here to become a patron. Um, Go check us out, what we're doing on Instagram and Facebook, um, who we're interviewing, who, um, what shops are cool and whatnot. Um, Go check out the bios on, on our website. But thanks for listening. Um, We will come up with more episodes later. See you later.